The following presentation was recorded live at the River Worship Center in Warsaw, Indiana. We now join the message already in progress. Okay, everybody had a mediocre week? Worse than that. Oh my goodness. Has everybody had a week? <laughs> okay, all right. We'd like to welcome those of you joining us on the broadcast tonight. And, and we hope, we hope that, that you, you have had a good week. Now, we, we, we just went through like an auction service. We got it down to just had a week. So we hope that you on the broadcast have had a good week. And so um, we're, we're going to pick up where we left off on, on, on Sunday. Did that bless anybody on Sunday? Did, did you get anything out of Sunday? I, you know, it was weird because I, I was struggling to get, you know, you get a point in, in the scriptures and you get a passage. You say, I'm going to end here on Sunday and then I'm going to pick up on Wednesday. And, and I got, I didn't even get halfway to where I thought I was going to, where that mark was at. And I thought, you know what? But then, then we had, then we had people begin to, begin to, to call in and text in and say, man, that, that touched me, that moved me, that. And I'm like, okay, God, you know what you're doing. One of those things you just got to do, you just got to just let go and let God. Because when I thought it was a failure, several folks, several people said, that blessed me. That touched me. That touched me. And that's what we're about. We're called to be encouragers. You know, how many times have you heard that here at the river, that we are a church of encouragers? We have the ministry of reconciliation, which means that if you're walking away from God and you're walking out from under his will, we want to reconcile you unto the Lord so that you can be back into his perfect will for your life. And we also have the, the ministry of encouragement. We're called to encourage our brothers. You know, and, I, and as I walked off the, off the platform on Sunday and as I walked out away, I was thinking, oh, and then, and then, and then a, couple, a couple stopped me and said, man, that's exactly what we needed to hear. That was a now word. Isn't it amazing? You, you, may, you may think that you've done the worst possible thing that you can do and people were encouraged and blessed by it and they've, they've been uplifted by it and their spirits were buoyed like they put on a life jacket and, and who knows, but, but maybe, maybe that they were lifted up out of the miry clay by a word that I thought, that, that, that I thought, that man, you know. And, and, and just, just, a, just another, another little fact, you know. I, I, had, I, you know, I had some people one time say, yeah, you just think you just think you're you're all full of yourself. You just you just think you're all that. No, I don't. No, I don't. You ought to come home with me on a Sunday afternoon and listen to what these ladies get to listen to. Oh, did I say that right? Did I do this right? Did I? And, and every time it comes back to, to, did you mind the Lord? Well, yeah. Well, then how can you go wrong? Oh, I know, but I meant to say this and I meant to say that and I meant to go here and I want to. Did you mind the Lord? And it's like, yeah. And that's all we're called to do. He hasn't called one of us to be perfect. Are we putting, are we putting higher requirements on ourselves than God is? Now think about that. Do we expect more out of us than God does? I think a lot of times we beat ourselves up needlessly, don't we? We beat ourselves up. When I, when I, like I said, when I stepped off the platform and was walking down the aisle, people were like, hey, that's awesome. That's awesome. We, get, we get halfway home and get a text. Man, that was wonderful. Thank you for it. Thank you for it. And I'm like, I didn't get where I was going to go. And I, you know what? I got where God wanted me to be. There, there's a difference. There's a difference in getting where I think I need to go and getting where God needs me to be. And saying what God needs me to say rather than what I think will entice and encourage. You see, a lot of times we do, we do a thing where we entice and we try, to, we try to persuade people. We try to say, hey, look, you know, Jesus is so good. God is so good. We try to, we try to establish a root base, that, a root cause that God is so good. You know what we need to do instead of, instead of, trying, to, instead of trying to tell people how, how good God is and how, how wonderful they can have it? We just need to live our life as though we were led and filled with the Holy Ghost and let them, let them observe. Amen. Let them observe. We just need to, we just need to t step back and say, you know what? You know, maybe I'm not the Apostle Paul. 
we already talked about that. He couldn't preach in, in, in probably 100% of the churches today. They'd all be empty. <laughs> even, if, even if somebody recognized him as the Apostle Paul. Well, he said something I didn't like. He, 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 here he is. He's going about talking about 1 Corinthians again and talking about the love chapter, talking about husbands and wives, talking about, you know, uh, talking about, you know, homosexuality, talking about, you know, the Apostle Paul would just be, I mean, they'd beat on him worse than they're beating on President Trump. You think about that. Jesus went around doing nothing but good for people, healing people, raising people from the dead, took a little boy's happy meal and fed 5,000 people. Seriously, you think about it. He took, he took a, what, what would be akin to today, a little boy's happy meal and fed 5,000 people. He was, the, he was the perfect example. Now, we know and we believe that when, when Jesus came to earth, and we're, we're, we're getting into that, into that season where we recognize and celebrate that, but when Jesus left heaven and came to earth, he laid aside his deity and became fully man. If he was God in disguise, then, then the deal would have been off. He had to be a man. He had to be able to be tempted. He had to be able to be, if he wasn't tempted, then how could he understand my temptation? If he, if he wasn't a man that went through the various trials that we went through, he told Peter, he said, the foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He was homeless. So what was the difference in Jesus? One, one he was fully committed to the Father. Not my will, but thy will be done. I don't want to. I don't want to show hands. This is a rhetorical question, but I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Sometimes, sometimes it's my will. Sometimes, sometimes that that lazy boy feels a lot better than than, than standing here teaching. Can I be honest with you? How's that for transparency? Sometimes getting my feet kicked up after a long day at work, and God bless you, Pastor, if you're, if you're listening. I, we, we're with you. We're with you. you. You hang in there. God's got this. Sometimes it, it, it feels a lot better to just kick your feet up and say, Honey, you go preach tonight. I'm going <laughs> to. Right? But Jesus, not one time. I mean, we see in, in Gethsemane where he was praying, you know, he goes, if there's any way, he's asking the Father, if there's any way, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. He said, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Now, on a scale of 1 to 10, the, the, the modern church, the American church, on a scale of 1 to 10, I don't know that they even touch the one on my will and thy will. You want the power that Jesus had, you've got you to say that you've got to get to that point where it's not my will, but thy will be done. Second part about, about Jesus, when he, when he left the throne of heaven, he, he was full of the Holy Ghost. He, he lived a life full of the Holy Ghost so he could show men, after Acts chapter 2 happened, how men could live lives full of the Holy Ghost. We have the same spirit in us. That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is indwelling in us. Again, it goes back to not my will, but thy will. And if we have that spirit dwelling in us, then we're powerful, right? You shall receive power. The, the Greek dunamis, the, the, the base word for dynamite. Anybody, anybody ever seen them blasting anything? Back in the day, back in the day, we used to blast stumps. You can't do it hardly anymore without a, without a federal permit and, and homeland security permit and NATO treaties being signed and broken. And but we used to blast stumps. Man, I saw I saw a, a four foot sycamore stump one time. Man, that thing got that thing almost got into orbit. I mean, there was rocks and there was dirt and there were limbs and stuff a flying. And next thing you know, everybody says, look out. And it's like, what? And way up high, almost 100 foot in the air. I wish I had put an altimeter, one of those little crazy battery altimeters on it. Oh, I had made it, but uh, way up there, this big thing. And, and 
You know, Isaac Newton was right. Unless it breaks orbit, what goes up, she's coming down. And it's a, you know, those guys that do the anvil things. I, I've always wanted to go to one of those, but you never know the trajectory of them things. You know, they take those anvils and they shoot them up in the air and they, and they come down and they bury themselves like two foot in the ground. You know, if you have to be on the spot that that anvil wants to occupy, you know, hello, Jesus, what are you doing here? I don't know. I was watching them blow up anvils and the next thing I know, we're talking. <laughs> right? We gotta be we gotta have that dunamis power in us. That power, that 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 power that 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 raised Jesus from the dead. That spirit that was hovering over the face of the deep. In, in the beginning, in the beginning, you know, it, when when God created the heavens and the earth, and, and the earth was void and without form, and the spirit of God was hovering. It was it was it was vacillating, it, it was it was power. There's an energy that comes when the Holy Ghost is in you. That was that's what gives us that hope that's full of glory. That's what's going to sustain the body of Christ in, in this last day, in this last generation. The Holy Spirit in us. He seals us to that day. That ought to get you excited. If that don't bless you, your blessers broke. Or maybe you, like those disciples in John chapter 8, said, we, we have not so much heard as there was a Holy Ghost. And if that's you and you've not so much heard as there was a Holy Ghost, get on over to the river because we're, we're telling about the Holy Spirit. We're telling about it. We're telling, we're telling about Him. We're telling about the, the, the things which, are, which are, are, are now are and which are coming to pass through the power of the Holy Ghost. There's power in the name of Jesus. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. So what does it matter? You know, I heard, I heard a lot of people say, well, what does it matter? And we're... Uh, we're, we're fixing to get back over into, into second, uh, Colossians chapter 2. But before you... Well, go ahead and turn there. And I hadn't planned on this until, I, um, until this afternoon. But I wanted, to, I wanted to talk about this. The Apostle Paul told the, the church at Corinth. Now remember, the Apostle Paul couldn't... He, he, he couldn't preach today. His words are, his words are so abrasive to a, to a secular Christian world... That they have to they have to convert his world his words and sugarcoat them in order to be able to read them. They have to they have to soften them down and and I hate I hate perish the thought but they have to dumb them down. <clears throat> in First Corinthians chapter two or chapter three. And go down to. Go down to verse number six, and I'm going to start reading here, and then we're going to, I'll make a comment, and then we're going to jump back over into, into Colossians two. And this is the Apostle Paul talking to the church at Corinth, and they were having a, they were having a, an uptick. Well, I like Pastor, I like Pastor Apollos, I like Pastor Cephas, I like Pastor, you know, they were having a, they were having, you know, and, and, and the Apostle Paul says, he says in verse number six, he says, I planted. Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. God gave the increase. If we're going to increase in this world, it's got to come from God. It's got to come from God. God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. We're, you, we may just be called the plant. We may just be called the water. We may, we, we may just be called to, 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 to sweep the carpets. But if we do what God has called us to do, God will give the increase. Not everybody can be Billy Graham. Yeah, there's, there's not a, if everybody were Billy Graham, where would be the hearers? Where would be the laborers? There's got to be, there's got to be, you know, one of the things that we found out in the Billy Graham crusades and, and the other crusades, some that have come through town here, is that there is a great front campaign that goes out canvassing the neighborhoods, talking about them and saying, hey, look, you know, putting up flyers, putting up posters, getting on the radio. Hey, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming weeks before they show up. And then all of a sudden the big day happens and it's like, woo, you know, it's like, oh, they all came to town. Woo, look at that, man. They had, they had the whole tiger den was full as by if they came by themselves. No, 
every one of us has a work to do in in the harvest thousands of people working behind the scenes made those crusades what they were thousands okay he says now now he who plants and he who waters are one uh, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor oh cool that means that god's going to reward me for the things that i do I don't have to give an account for anybody else. We were talking, we were talking before we went on air about you know, a person that, that keeps telling me, oh, I might show up, I might show up. God's going to reward me for the invitation. What will God do for the denial or the whatever? You see, God is, God is a just God. You know, let your yes be yes and your no be no. We live in a society that's gray. We live in a society that, that likes, to, likes to live in the gray. But let me just tell you something. Let me assure you that the day is coming when all of your deeds will be exposed. The, thoughts, the very thoughts of your heart will be exposed. You know, it, it, we, talked, we talked about some, some instances that were quite embarrassing, both for us and, and the person we were visiting. You imagine, you imagine standing completely stripped of your dignity and your pride and your false bravado. Can you imagine all of that stripped away and, and, and before you as, is God Almighty? And that's what I love about Aphabel. When Aphabel got to the throne room, it messed with me. It messed with me. Because I realized that while he came to save me, I hadn't reciprocated his grace, his love, his word. I would, I would suggest to anyone, get, get a hold of a copy of Aphabel and check it out because it will, it will put you back into focus. We went to the eye doctor recently and the, the eye doctor put that big thing on there and he goes, I'm going to click this, tell me one or two, which is better? You know, and I'm like, no difference. All right. Do some more dialing. Click this. One or two. No difference. Huh. He goes up about five notches. He goes, this should, this should do something. What is this? One or two. I'm like, Doc, should that thing on the wall be turned on? Because all I'm seeing is the wall. He turns around. He looks. And he goes, that might help. <laughs> that might help. You see, you've got to have something to focus on. The strongest prescription that you can get won't help you unless you've got a focal point or a target or, as, as, as James says, you, you keep your eye on the mark. Right? The mark. What's the mark? What, what, is, what is the mark for every believer? Heaven. Being born again, getting into the getting into the kingdom, getting into that eternal kingdom, coming into the in, into the into heaven with the Lord, right? That's the mark. Now, salvation is a gift, but we've talked about it on Sunday. We said we said that we need to send our treasures on ahead of us, right? So that we lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven, right? And so as we do that, then we, we want to find out why. And, and, and he says that he says that. Um, in verse number nine, he says, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. Let each one take heed how he builds on it. How you building? How's your building coming? We have the foundation. The, 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 the apostles gave us the foundation. And ever since the apostles, 90 AD, 90 AD maybe 95 AD, the, the, last, the last apostle, depending on the time clock, if the chronology's right, in the, in the 90s, 
The foundation, the foundation was laid on Christ and the apostles' doctrine. And then from there on, there have been layer after layer after layer after layer that has been laid upon it. How's your layer looking? How's your row looking? How's your house? The apostle Paul said, as a master builder, how's your house looking? Well, I never thought about much like that. I, you know, I had a guy tell me, said, Man, I don't know if I could come to. We're, we're, we're doing, we're doing, the, we're doing the, the Old Testament. We're getting up to the Old Testament. Going. I had a guy, had a guy wanted to start that. He goes, man, I don't know if I could start that or not. He goes, I, I have trouble getting out of bed to come to church on Sunday. I was like, man, you, you need to get some things fixed. Because if you're in love with Jesus, this way you're going to be. You want, you want a worldly example? Now. One of my mom's dearest friends, back in the day, you know, y'all you know that I'm, I'm, I'm old enough to remember the day. Back in the day, they was, she was an Elvis Presley fan, and still is. Got little shrines to Elvis all through her house, you know. And whatever happened, we were coming through, and we were coming through, and, and there was a song that Elvis had taken from somebody else, and she had it playing on her 8-track. On her <clears throat> Just giving you a timestamp. And I come through there, and I, and, and I had heard that he had stole this song from, like, Muddy Waters or somebody like that, some blues singer. And I said, oh, that isn't his. He done stole that. And I'm telling you, remember them 16-ounce glass Pepsi bottles? She said, you better, you better not say that in this house. And I'm like, huh? And she picked up one of those things, and, and I'm like, whoa, I'm out of here. When Elvis came to Ohio, she went. When Elvis was going to Indianapolis, she was on the way. When Elvis came within anywhere that their car could get him, she was there. You know people like that? Follow, follow, people follow rock bands like that. I don't, I, you know, not, not giving overdue credit, but, you know, the Grateful Dead, they've got a following that will follow them all over this country, wherever, the, wherever they were at, they would be there. Now, if that makes sense in the secular world for secular idols, why doesn't it make sense for Jesus, the Son of God? See, as was his custom, Jesus' custom. See, he was in the temple. He went, to the, he went to synagogue, as was his custom, as was his custom. What's your custom? You see, we don't understand. We don't understand. That, that's that, not my will, but thy will be done. I wonder sometimes, especially where we, we started off by talking about people that tell you that they're going to be here and they're not. I wonder sometimes if they get to heaven, if they get to heaven, I wonder when they're going to say, but Lord, I needed a healing. And he says, remember, remember that time you told pastor that you were going to be there? I, I put your healing right there on that altar. You didn't show up. It was there. It was available. Pastor, they're going to get to heaven. They're going to stand before Jesus. I had it so rough. My, my finances got, got so far out of whack. I had it so rough. Hey, you remember that time that you decided that you, you, were just, you were just too out of it to go to church? And you were, because I put your financial blessing right there. I put, I put your provision right there. How many unanswered blessings lay at these altars? Only time and only heaven will reveal the times that God provided for us. Lord, I had a request. We, before we come on air, we have prayer and prayer requests. And how many times do you, have you had a request that the Lord said, I'm laying it right here on, the, on these altars? Remember, I said on that the altars were not built for the lost. They were built for, 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 for the saved. They were built for the children of God. That's where we meet God. Remember in the Old Testament woman by the name of Hannah? Man, she got a hold of the horns of the altar. And she began to pray. And she prayed until there wasn't nothing left. And with stammering lips, he, the, 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 the prophet came around and looked at her and said, What are you doing? You're drunk in here in the house. She goes, I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. I've just prayed out. i prayed as hard as I can. And I'm waiting on God. Nine months later, 
Oh, she didn't just want to. She didn't just want to come down and have the have the preacher, you know, slap her, slap a little oil on her head. She wasn't good with that. She goes, I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going to get on that altar and I'm going to shake the horns of the altar. You know, that's what we need in America again for the people who call themselves children of God to get a hold of the horns of the altar and begin shaking heaven and saying, We need an intervention in in our in our country. We need an intervention in our homes. We need an intervention in me. Go back to that old song we used to sing in school when they'd still let you sing spiritual songs in school. It's not my mother. Not my father. Not my sister, oh Lord. It's not my brother. Not my neighbor. But it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. It's me. The block to 90% of us connecting with God looks back at us from the mirror every morning. We look up into the rearview mirror and it's staring at us. It's me. It's me. The hindrance to most Christians' walk is not the nasty neighbor, it's not the in laws, not the outlaws. Not the government. It's us. Not my will, but thine be done. It's us. It's us. We have people that, that come to us in, in, in time of need, and we like to we like to meet people's needs if we can meet them. We like to we like to help. We've got a we, we we've got we, we like to help people get through rough patches if we can do it. You know the amazing thing? One day there were ten lepers that came to Jesus and they found him on the road and they came to him. And they began to cry out to him, lepers, unclean, unclean. And they found him and they said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. And he said, your sins be forgiven you. He said, now go and show yourself to the priest that you're clean. That was the rite. That was the ritual. You had to go when you were cleansed of leprosy and the priest would examine you to make sure your fingers weren't falling off, you know, make sure your jaw wasn't detached and all that other stuff. And he would mark you as clean and you could come back into society. They all started to go toward the temple. Except for one. Now, he didn't have the New Testament. He didn't have the, he didn't have the, the, he didn't have the benefit of reading the book of Hebrews. You see, they were going to the earthly priests. I don't know how far down the road he got, but he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Here is a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Righteous, holy, and true. And he turned around and he said, Lord, thank you, I'm healed. And Jesus said, weren't there, not, weren't there ten of you? Where are the other nine? Ninety percent, right? Ninety percent of people who have an encounter with Jesus. Is that a rough statistic? Which percent are you in? Again, it goes back to not my will. Not my will. Here am I. Lord, send me. Here am I. Am I available for the Lord? We, we like to be available. We, like to, we talked about it like being available when he's passing out blessings, when he's passing out. Am I available when he says, I need you to go here and there, and I need you to talk to this person. I need you to line up a lot of scripture, but you're not going to get down through most of it. And, and, and I need you to, and you're going to feel like you didn't make an, a, an impact. You're going to feel like, like you didn't, you didn't do what was right. You're going to feel uh, like, like you had a, you missed it, but there are going to be people that are going to be blessed. And there are going to be people that are going to say, you lifted me, you encouraged me. And, and you're going to, and you're going to walk away from that encounter thinking, what God, what, what could I possibly do? And, and, and he reminds us that all we have to do is that we're master builders building layer upon layer precept upon precept and he's expecting a house to be built when he comes so how's your house 
All right. It says, according to the grace of God, which was given to me, a wise master builder, back in verse 10, I've laid the foundation, but another builds on it. Let each one take heed how he builds on it. Each one. If we're in the body of Christ, that's us. We're building. Whether we want to admit it or not, we're building. Whether we want to try it or not, we're building. For no other foundation can any other lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, and each one's works will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. Now we've alluded to it from time to time, and especially typically after worship, well, you know, I'll, I'll allude to the fact that in the in the very in the very presence of God, there's a fire that proceeds from the throne. It's a cleansing fire. It's a refiner's fire, right? He says, if anyone's work which he has built, bu- excuse me, which he has built on it endures he will receive a reward. Awesome. Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, right? Now you get a reward on top of it if your work endures. How's your house? If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Mm. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If, if anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. That said, that means that two kinds of people are going to get to heaven. Those whose works are going to be tried by fire and they're going to get through singed. No reward. They'll suffer a loss, it says. But you'll still be in heaven. Or, or, there are going to be those who are going to have rewards. I remember not too long ago we talked about the crowns that a believer can win. And those rewards are going to be given out at the Bema judgment seat. Where do you want to be? When the, in Revelation it says when the, when, when, when the, when the creatures fly around in heaven, and I wish I could paint you a picture of the throne room. When the creatures fly around, the, the, the six-winged creatures, when they fly around, and they begin to say, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is, and who is to come, who's worthy. It says that the four and twenty elders take their crowns, take their rewards, take their treasures. They take them off and they cast them at the feet of the Lamb. What the Apostle Paul was saying is that There are people here who are going to stand back and watch. Now, I don't don't think in heaven that we have any regrets other than maybe if we don't take our family with us. I don't think we have any regrets, but can you imagine standing back and watching this take place time and time and time again? And there we are, and we did not have a crown to throw at his feet. Because our works were burned up. Wood, hay, and stubble. You know what happens when you put gold into the fire? It becomes refined. It becomes pure. The same thing with silver. You put silver into the... You, you, can, you, can, you can make silver pure. As a matter of fact, the purest that I think that they can get silver on earth is 0.9999 pure. That means there's still a, an impurity in it. An impurity factor. How's our works? They're going to be tried as if they were fire. Precious stones. 
You know what happens if you put a diamond in the fire? It gets hot. It gets hit. Diamonds were created under pressure. It takes tons and tons and tons and megatons of pressure to create a diamond out of a piece of coal. Carbon. Do you know what happens when it turns into a diamond? It becomes one of the hardest substances on the face of the earth. It opposed the pressure. Oh. It opposed the pressure until its, until its inert being was changed from dark to clear crystal. How are you dealing with the pressure? 2020 has been a year of pressure, hasn't it? It's been a year. It's been a year. How are you dealing with the pressure? Are, are, you, are you like a lump of coal that jumps out and says, I want nothing to do with this? Or are you like a diamond that says, Lord, bring it on. Bring it on. Because I know in the purification process, you're going to come out, you know. What was that, what was that old country song? I'm just an old lump of coal, but I'm going to be a diamond someday. Right? Yeah, we're just, we, right now, we got to, as, as Pastor tells us so much, we got to get ourselves in, into the potter's hand. We got to get ourselves onto the anvil. We got to say, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. I can't see the end result. I, I may be going through a trial right now, but I can't see the end result. Lord, I have to trust you. You say, well, I just don't like trusting people. Really? Tell me about that. Y'all still driving, ain't you? That miraculous six-inch yellow stripe in the middle keeps the oncoming traffic in their lane. Is that what it is? I mean, we don't all drive, uh, we don't all drive Teslas, right? Self-driving cars. I'm not sure I trust them either. <laughs> I don't trust anybody with my life. Really, you don't. You got satellites going across your head every, every 32 minutes. Remember when Skylab came down? Anybody remember Skylab? The school bus size skylight that landed, you know, and they didn't, they weren't really sure. They gave us all kinds of places where it might come down. You know, it ended up out in Australia somewhere in the desert, out in, you know, by Ayers Rock or whatever. A school bus falling on your head. I don't trust anybody. Remember we talked about shooting the anvils up in the air? How fast can you run? Because that thing's coming down at 120 miles an hour. And it's not like being in the woods with a bear. See, I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have to outrun whoever I'm with. There was an article, there was an article in, the, in the Eugene, Oregon paper that man survived a grizzly attack with a 22 pistol. Fended off a grizzly with a 22 pistol. His friend that he shot in the knee, not so much. Okay, all right. How's your house looking? How's your house doing? Let's go on over in, into Colossians. And I wanted, I wanted to set that up. We talked about laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven. Colossians chapter 2. <clears throat> beginning in verse 1. I'm, I'm reading now the New King James. He says, For I want you to know what great conflict I have for you, both in those in Laodicea and for as many as have not, not seen my face in the flesh. Man, can you imagine? These churches, they were longing to see the Apostle Paul and he was sending letters. He was sending letters. We started a thing a couple, a couple of months ago, well, about this time last year. Every four weeks or so, we send out letters or cards, emails or phone calls. Still, all in building the kingdom. Letter after letter, card after card, text after text, email after email, call after call. If they walk over, if they decide to go to hell beyond that, and they look up and, and they look up and they cry out to God, Why am I here? Why am I in this terrible place? Every time a man or woman of God or a child of God said, hey, 
love to have you come with us. We don't know all the questions yet, but we do know the answer. Hey, love to have you be with us. We're pointing the way to heaven if you'd like to go. Hey, love to have you be with us. We're on our way to heaven. We'd love for you to go. We'd hate for you to go to that awful place. But time after time, they reject. They, the Bible says that they stiffen their neck and harden their heart. In eternity, God, why am I in this awful place? Those texts, hey man, we'd we, we love to see you. I'm saving you a seat, friend. Thought I might see you this week. But in eternity, it's too late. In eternity, it's too late. What will be the end? How is your house going? Can you imagine standing by someone at that separation where, where those on the, the, the sheep are aligned on the right and, and the goats are on the left and, and he says to those on his left, depart from me, I don't know you. If that line was here and I'm standing here on God's right and my friend is on the left and we're right on the line and he looks at me and he says, why didn't you tell me? I thought you were my friend. I thought you cared about me. We talk to each other every day and yet you never mentioned Jesus to me. Friends, let me tell you, that's one thing that I've decided that I will not hear when I stand there. People get mad at me if they want to. I would rather to offend them in Jesus' name that they might get that they might accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And at one point, forgive me in eternity as to hate me for all eternity for not telling them. What, by the way, what work would that be? Would that have been wood, hay, or stubble? Or would that have been precious, precious stones? And if I, don't, if I don't do what the Lord tells me, then I'm, then I'm working in wood, hay, and stubble. And that'll be burnt off, and I'll suffer loss for that. I don't want to do that. I don't want that. Verse number two says that their hearts may be encouraged. That's what we're about. That's what the ministry, that's what this place is about. Encouragement and reconciliation. Being knit together in love and attaining to all riches and the full assurance of, the under, of understanding and to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ. You say, well, I just don't understand all of it. You don't have to understand all of it. One time I went to a, I was invited, I was invited to, um, I was invited to a rugby match. I didn't understand any of it, but it was exciting. You know, man, those guys, those guys get rough and they play without pads. They ain't, they ain't got no, the only thing they got on them is those little ear pads to keep their ears from getting boxed. And they, and, and even, and, and, and I'm telling you, there, there's a team here in town and, and I'm telling you, they're, they're tough. Yeah, I ended up. My, my son ended up being one of the captains of the team, started a, started a rugby league here in town, and, and, and I had to learn rugby. If I was going to be a part of my son's life, I had to learn what he was doing. And it, was, it was amazing. You know, I mean, in, in football, if you pick up the quarterback and, 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 or pick up the end and he catches a pass, you know, they'll throw the yellow flag out, and that's a penalty, 15 yards, you know. They can, they can pick a dude up, and he can catch the, catch the inbounds. Nuttiest thing I ever. It's fun. It's exciting. I I I felt I, I felt like oh, I'm in trouble. Those of you know my mom. You know she didn't know a whole lot about football when I was playing, but she was cheering every time that. Yeah. And, and one time one time we lost the ball to the opposing team, and and uh, she was she stood up and she's the only one on our side. She stood up. She was clapping. Yeah. And the people looked at her and said, "We fumbled. They got the ball. It's the other team's ball." And she goes, "Get it back. Get it back." <laughs> you know. You know, you don't have to know everything about everything in order to enjoy it, right? So many people say, well, I'm not going to, you know, it, it, they go about life. They, they go about the word of God. Let me just, let's bring it in because, you know, people will try stuff. You know, this is what, this is what I, this is what kills me. If, I, if, if I'm wrong, you know, I'll admit it, but I think, I think I'm pretty well right here. There are people who will go starting tomorrow night and during, the, during this whole Christmas season 
They'll go to the various adult beverage establishments. They'll drink themselves into a stupor. Some of them will end up dancing on tables and wearing lampshades on their head. You know, they even made songs about tequila making their clothes come off. And they're fine with that. That's, that's just normal. There are people who will ingest medicinal products and become addicted to them and have to have them in order to, in order to, in order to, you know, and I'm not talking about prescription, I'm talking about illicit, illicit drugs. And they'll do all kinds of stupid things. We'll hear them coming in, we'll hear them coming in on Monday morning. Whoa, man, that was a good time. What'd you do? I don't know, I can't remember any of it. And they think they're normal with that. Yet you let one of those people get their life turned around, give their heart to Jesus and get himself cleaned up or herself cleaned up and all of a sudden get baptized in the Holy Ghost and now they're at church and they're speaking in tongues or they're dancing over here in the corner when the Spirit of the Lord hits them and they're like, man, that's, the, that's just stupid. They're acting like stupid over there. You know the Bible calls it new wine. How is it that we justify our worldly behavior as that's just having a good time, just venting a little steam, just you know, relaxing a little bit? But when we get to church on Sunday morning, we we you know we become like the first church of the frozen chosen. Okay. Look around, you know. And heaven forbid if somebody does say amen. Whoa! Am I telling the truth? I know people. Who are the life of the party. Thought nothing of it. No inhibitions. All of a sudden you get them saved. And they become the, they become the most introverted. Introverted silent monk person you ever seen in your life. Well, I just don't do that for the Lord. Really? Had a lady tell me one time. She goes, "Y'all do that. Y'all do that praise and worship music, don't you? That you, you play that 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 rock style music, don't you? Yeah. Why not? We love the Lord. Well, I just don't think you ought to do that. This lady would play all kinds. Of, she was really, really, really still is really, really, really good pianist. I just don't think you ought to do that. Why, well, no. No, I just don't think that's right. You shouldn't play that kind of music. I'm like, what are you talking about? We play, we play sacred music. Okay, that's what you play on Sunday morning. But I've been around you outside of church when I heard that dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Ooh, getting a little Seeger going. Just take that old record off the shelf. I'll sit and listen to it by myself. Today's music ain't got the same soul. This is the same person that told me that you can't, you can't worship God in church. But on Monday, I'm going to play some rock and roll. I'm going to play some Kramer, you know, Floyd Kramer. going to play some country. You know, put the tear back in my beer. You know, seriously. I'm going to worship God with everything I've got. Some people say, I don't like that kind of music. I ain't doing it for you. I don't think you ought to worship like that. Well, you ain't the one I'm worshiping. If I'm worshiping you, I'll do it your way, but <laughs> fat chance. I'm not worshiping men. See, I found, I found the horns of the altar one day when society had given up on me. I had, to, I had to find myself in a place where it was just me and God and nobody else. Jacob found that place. It was called Bethel. Oh, what a vision he had at Bethel. Oh, man. He was sleeping as a, as a stone for his pillow. And he had a vision in the night of a ladder whose foot stood on earth, but it 
was in heaven and the angels were ascending and descending. Oh, are, do, 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 you think, do you think that those angels are still moving today? Do you think that God's not still providing today? Do you think that they're not carrying our prayers on a wing today? Do you think that that, that, that vision that he saw was just maybe some, some bad mutton? What's your vision? How's your house? I hope tonight, for those of us here and those of us watching online and on the radio, I hope tonight that I can maybe get that, whatever stopped on your meter, get it from one to, to at least a, a four. Because once you get that kind of momentum, next thing you know, you'll be up here dancing in the Spirit before the Lord on Sunday morning. Yeah, oh, you, once you get that done, you'll be able to call those things which are not as though they are. Once you get to that point, once it gets beyond, once you let go of the gravitational pull, the, there's a term for it, and NASA calls it max Q. Do you know what max Q is? Max Q is when the rockets generate enough force, enough energy, enough thrust that it breaks the gravitational pull of this earth. Max Q. That's the force that we need to reach in the Holy Spirit that breaks the ties that bind us. You know, you see, you're, anybody, anybody watched the launch on TV? Because you, you can't really see this from the launch from, from Cape Canaveral. You can't really see it. But on TV, they got those cameras right there and you see those clamps go. You know what those clamps are for? To hold it in place. Not hold it down. Because there's enough thrust generated when that main rocket kicks in that it'll lift that platform with it. <laughs> it may just fly out over in the Atlantic Ocean, but it'll lift that platform. What's holding you back? Have those clamps that the world has put on you, are they keeping you from, uh, from achieving liftoff? And further, if they're keeping you from achieving liftoff to what God has for you, are they keeping you from achieving max Q to where you launch out and it becomes not my will, Lord, but thine be done. Whatever you need me to do, I'll do. Wherever you need me to go, I'll go. In whom are, in verse number three, in whom are the or who are hidden all the treasures and the wisdom and knowledge. Man, if I, James, and then we wonder, James said, if any of us lacks wisdom, let him ask of God to, who gives liberally to all who would ask without partiality. You know what that means? That means if, 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 if Peter asked him, Lord, what do we do here today? And he told him. And you ask him, Lord, where do you want me to go today? And he'll tell you. That means if David asked him, Lord, shall I go up and overtake my enemy today? And the Lord answered him. That means that when you ask him a question, Lord, what, are we, what am I going to do? He'll answer you. If anyone lacks wisdom, are you lacking wisdom today? You know, we need, in order to, in order to build the house, we've got to have the prints, right? We've got to have the drawings. We've got to have the blueprints. If we don't go by the plan, then we're going to have, a, we're going to have our Andy Warhol type house. All right. For though, um, he says, uh, Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. I'm amazed in this day and age how many people are being persuaded by persuasive words. Don't watch on my walk. Just listen to what I say. I'm walking in front of you one way, but I'm telling you another. I'm telling you that I'm, that I'm, that I'm on, on fire for the Lord, but I'm gossiping about my brother. Hmm. See, Christianity's had common core math way before the schools did. One plus one plus one equals two. Don't, don't, don't watch how I'm walking. Don't, don't observe how I'm gossiping about everybody. Don't observe how I'm, I'm tail-bearing. Don't observe how I'm being a busybody. Don't observe all that. I'm on fire for the Lord. Just follow me. And people are buying into that. I'll tell you what. One, they're going to give an answer for misleading people. But everyone has to make up their own mind 
who they're going to follow. Choose you this day whom you will serve. If God be God, follow him. If the prophets of Baal, if Baal be God, you follow him. Isn't that amazing? Still today, the choice remains. He said, I don't want anybody to deceive you with persuasive words. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing when, when people come and they, and, they want to, and they want to persuade you and they want to turn you away, they tend to butter you up. Oh, I know how bad you've had it. I know that, oh, I know that, you know, oh, I know that... Uh, we had, some, we had some folks come, out and come to some of the people in the church. and they, Oh, I know. He's, he, he's just preaching. You've got to obey the Lord. I know, I know. But listen, all that obeying stuff went out with grace. We live under grace. We don't live, we don't live under the Old Testament. We live under grace. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. Hmm. Well, that's persuasive, isn't it? You mean I can go to heaven and, and live like hell? Let me see. Cue the Jeopardy theme song. The answer is no, Alex. Where's the fruit of the Spirit in your life? You know, you don't hear the fruit of the Spirit here. You don't hear it here. People can, you can't believe, you can't believe none of what you hear and only half of what you see, right? That goes back to the 70s. Watch. Watch. The Apostle Paul said, if you, can't, if you can't get to Jesus by yourself, if you can't imagine how living for Christ on your own, watch me as I imitate him. That's a tall order. Watch me as I imitate him. Can we say that today? We should be able to. If our needle gets off of one, we will be able to. If we're saying, not my will, but thy will be done, then we should be able to. Can we? Can we? All right, let's skip on over to Matthew um, chapter 24. Well, while you're, while you're skipping there, I'm, down in verse, I'll, I'll read while you're skipping there. It's, it's in Colossians, and you have that. It says, it, he says that he said, let no one judge you on food in, on in food or in drink regarding a festival of the new moon or the Sabbath. And you know, we got a lot of we got a lot of people that are going to get all get their, you know, get their panties in a bunch, you know, because, you know, we're, we're going to have Christmas and we're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus. You know what? Get deal with it. Get over it. Go tell Jesus on me. I don't care. You know, I love the Lord every day. I celebrate him every day. OK. And if you if you ever come here, there's there's always trees and. Always stuff anyway. So don't 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 get don't if you if you, if that's the kind of church you need to get into, then then you're you're self righteous and you need to you need to watch and you and you need to make sure that you get your own self and work out your own salvation with fear and trembling before God. Amen. <laughs> one time when one time when I was uh, he says let no one cheat you of your reward. Taking delight in false humility, and the worship of angels, intruding on those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by the fleshly mind, and, and, and not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body is nourished and knit together by the, in the joints and the ligaments, and, and grows and increases, that is from God. Therefore, if you, if you died with Christ, from your basic principles of this world, why, as though living in the world, are you subjecting yourself to regulations? If, you're, if, you, if you've died with Christ, if you've died with Christ and you've been buried with Christ, why subject yourself to that stuff, that junk? There's so much more ahead of you than that. All right? And then here's the advice that a uh, former youth pastor of mine gave me when I was in high school in regards to dating his daughter. Don't touch, do not taste, and do not handle. I'm like, okay. You know, nope, read it. And I read it. He goes, heed it. I'm, gotcha. Which, which all concern things which perish with the using. 
according to the commandments and doctrines of man. All right, let's get over to Matthew chapter 24, and I'm going to try to get this done in, in the next five minutes. Um, <clears throat> I said try. Matthew chapter 24, going to begin reading in verse number five. And remember, he said, the Apostle Paul was talking that no one deceives you. That means that there are people that are out there trying to deceive you. They are either trying to pull you away from Jesus or point you more toward themselves. That's what false prophets have. That's what false prophets do. Verse number five, it says that for many will come in my name saying that I am the Christ and will deceive many. You know, the last, in the last days, the, the, the greatest thing is going to be deception. Deception. That's what the Word of God says. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled, for the, all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences. Hmm. Think the Bible had uh, insight? Talking about the last days. And earthquakes in various places, 2019 and 2020, will go down in record as the most earthquakes ever recorded since they started recording. I saw an article the other day. We've been hearing this for years, but all of a sudden the San Andreas Fault is starting to shift. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Not the ending, the beginning. And then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. There's that false prophets deceiving many again. Jesus, Jesus has already told us about it two and three times in this passage. It's something to be concerned about. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And here's where you need to highlight. But, you got that conjunction. All these things, Jesus said, are going to happen. That means we can take them to the bank. They're going to happen. You can bank on it. Bet the ranch on it. But then this conjunction, one conjunction right here, but he who endures to the end might be saved. You sure about that? You sure about that? He who endures to the end shall be saved? Okay, so let me ask you. Has the devil tried telling you that you're not saved? Has the devil come and attacked you and said, you know what, that was a lie, you didn't believe it? Have we slipped and fallen and the devil came in with both feet and tried to jump on us and say, you're not worth it, you're not... Remember, we started out by saying you're worth it, you're worth it on Sunday because Jesus died for you, making you worthy. And when the devil comes around and tries to tell you, you're not, you you've messed up too bad, you went too far, you've done did too much, that, that, God wouldn't, that God wouldn't love you, God can't save you, God can't help you when the devil gets in. And you know what? Not just the devil, but he'll get, he'll get, he'll get some of his little imps to come around and help him. Some of them may look... Some some of them may look like your co-workers. Some of them may look like the, like, the, like the lady at the gas pump. Some of them may look like that crazy, that crazy woman in Walmart with that, with that cart hitting me in the back of the leg all the time. That squalling kid. Heaven forbid, but some of them may preach his gospel, the devil's gospel, from our own family. Oh, Really? You're saved? I heard what happened the other day when you got your hand pinched in that seat you were folding up. That didn't sound like praise the Lord to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're saved? Well, I, I've been kind of watching. The, looks like I go to church more than you do. 
you're a Christian, are you? Well, what do you think about this? And this is where the devil lures us out. What do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? What do you think about the millennial kingdom? What do you think about, what do you think about the propitiation of our sins? What do you think? And, and the devil will try to bring us out into all sorts of doctrines and all sorts of, all sorts of, you know, you know what the answer is when the devil starts doing that and the devil starts sending his people in around to tell you that? What, what do you think? You know, <laughs> same thing that the blind man said. I don't know about all that stuff. All I know is I once was blind, but now I see. I met a man whose name was Jesus and he set me free and he delivered me. We're a work in progress. God's not finished with us yet. And there, there are going to be trials that come into our lives. How we handle those and how we deal with those we found out in 1 Corinthians tonight is whether we're our works are going to be tried as though they were wood, hay, and stubble or though they're gold, silver, and precious stones. Let me close with this. How's your house looking? We're building upon a foundation. We're building upon the foundation that was laid by the master builder. How's your house looking? Each one of us is going to give an account for our work. Lord, not my will, but thy will be done in Jesus' mighty name. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you and we praise you. Lord God, we give you all the honor and all the glory. Lord God, we ask right now that tonight, Lord, that you would give us the ability, the ability to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow you. Lord, we're thankful that you never called us to be perfect, but you did call us. You never called us to know the way. You called us to depend on you to show us the way. All we have to do is follow you. We love you, Jesus. We give you all the honor and all the glory, and it's in your mighty name we pray. And amen and amen. God bless you. Come back and see us on Sunday. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us here at the River, you can email us at study at riverwc, all one word, dot org. Again, that's email to study at riverwc, dot org. God bless you.